If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump. Oh, I put you guys on the hot seat for just a quick minute there about daddy daycare. I don't want to think about that stuff. Uh, I know you guys both got a little nervous talking about that stuff. So for about 42 minutes, uh, we have some nice conversation. We talk about the largest aquariums in the world. I took my kids (laughs) to the Monterey Aquarium. We talk about country music. Sal was wrong, by the way, and that just, you guys will see. Yeah, Yeah, I was almost. It wasn't wasn't top five, bro. I was almost almost right. Mr. Google failed today. Uh, We talk about country Uh music, and Adam says how he likes to go there because of all the hot girls. Way to go. Mm. Roll into the bus, Dick. We, we get it's the true. We get the update on Justin's chickens yeah. after that debacle that happened earlier. Hashtag uh, productivity. And yeah. then we get in a, a kind of a heated discussion about the pluses and minuses of putting your kids on social media. We also announce our flash sale, which I talked about, uh, which I talk about at the end of the episode as well. Um, if you want to get uh, information about that flash sale, you have to register for the thirty days of coaching, uh, which is at mindpumpmedia.com. And then we talk about our Organifi contest that we were coming up with. So I think what we decided was people, if you go on Instagram, or may, post, no, maybe someone gives us a good idea. I like to you see. Wanna what, keep, you yeah, want to keep it open? Yeah, let's keep. Let, we're not gonna. We're not gonna nail it down yet. We'll, we'll definitely put it out there all later right. on. But let's find we're out. We're gonna give shit for free. We want to give away some free Organifi supplements. So give us uh, some suggestions. I guess they should uh, email admin at mindpumpmedia.com with your suggestions on how you can win an Organifi. Supplement, uh, and then we get into the questions. The first question was: Did you tell where people could go if they actually want to Organifi right now? Uh, that's great. Thanks, to, uh, thanks, uh, Adam. It's yeah, Adam, Organifi. A, I'm Adam. That's Justin. My Doug is right over there. It's OrganifiShop.com. Austin. Um, and also, you can use the code Mind Pump for a massive discount. And let's get into the questions. The first question was: What styles of CNS training could you do in replace of trigger sessions? For example, isometrics or plyometrics. Then we talked about working the floor as a personal trainer. Many of your clients can come from the actual people working out in the gym on the floor. We talk about some of the techniques on how to approach them and how to make that happen. Might Adam be works a, the pole. That's right. Might be a good idea to hang out in the parking lot, see who drives up in the $100,000 whip. Yep, and sound like a douchebag. <laughs> then we could talk about uh, if you have clients with eating disorders, what you can do to help them and who you should send them to. And finally, Justin's been in a band before. Does Mind Pump compare yeah. to being in a band? He thinks it does. He talks about it in that particular me, question. Me, 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 me. And finally, this month, you can get access to our private forum for free. There's about 2,000 members on there, personal trainers, fitness professionals, myself, Adam, and Justin. We're on there every single day. You can get access for free if you enroll in any MAPS program or any MAPS bundle, including our super bundle, which is one year's worth of exercise programming and also don't forget the price goes up in september you can find all of that at mindpumpmedia.com all by myself yeah i'm all by myself they all left me but the good news is people left a lot of reviews in fact we got 46 reviews this last week and i'm going to give away 12 t-shirts so take that sal adam and justin all right, our winners are Jackie, 0721, Rosie Rel 10, Amazing Me, 0311, Kendon Shaw, Jazz Massa, Junior Swam, Pime, 0965, Dudley 2 Right, 
Joey Bag of Donuts, Joe Brendel, F. Surik, 88, and being the best, Colin. All of you are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. Welcome to the Sal and Adam Show. Where we talk shit about Justin. Who's not plugged in or on the show. So anyway, uh, Adam, yeah. you ever seen somebody with uh, paler skin than Justin? Mm-mm. Yeah. Never. Oh, he's here. Yeah. Hey, Justin. How you doing, buddy? What's up, you bastards? Hey, Justin. Yeah. You have a very rugged, handsome look to your face. I know that. It's, it's, huh? Yeah. You, you're aware of it? For sure. You're not supposed to say that, bro. You're supposed it's to be like, carried oh, thank me you for through that. life so far. You're supposed to be like, oh, thank you for that compliment. <laughs> not be like, you know what I mean? What'd you guys do this weekend? No, I own that. Hmm? What'd you do this weekend? Do you have your kids or no? I do. I had my kids this weekend. I have them all week. I took, uh, took them to, uh, the Monterey Bay. Aquarium, one of my favorite places oh, nice. on earth. Really? Oh, I love it there. Oh wow, I love it. It's you so- know what's funny? It's way smaller than I. Re- it's one of those yeah. things. Remember when you were a kid that you used to go to and you're like, oh, it was so big and amazing. I went there like maybe a year or two ago, and I had been there in probably it's twenty years. Lost its luster. For oh, me it's too. totally. Yeah. It's like I was like, this feels like an aquarium in somebody's house, dude. This is like a tiny little thing, dude. It's still one of the biggest aquariums in the world, but it's uh, you can walk the whole thing. Is it hour. really? Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, considered it one of the biggest aquariums in the world. In the world. It's one of the largest aquariums in the world. Wow. It is. Uh, I think it might even be top five. I don't know. We should find out. Wow. Hmm. Doug, Google that. Top five aquariums in the world. It's so like Monterey Bay Aquarium and then put biggest aquarium in the world and see what pops up. I uh, I love it there. I absolutely love it because it's just fascinating. I find so many of their- What's your favorite? The jellyfish or the uh, big tank? So I love the jellyfish. Yeah. They're just- One of my favorites. They're weird. Yeah. It's just a weird. Aliens. It's a weird organism. Yeah. Like that, that, it's almost all water. You know that, right? Jellyfish yeah. are like almost no mass to them whatsoever, and yet they float around and like move their tentacles. It's pretty crazy. What do they feed off of? Bacteria? What do they? Uh, what do pl- they feed? Uh, plankton? plankton. No, yeah. yeah, they eat lots of plankton. Phytoplankton or whatever. Yeah, and uh, and then my daughter loses like loses her mind for the sea otters. Oh really? Yeah, just loses her because they're too cute or what. They look like little, let's be honest. They got little, like, beards. They look like little teddy bears in the water. Yeah. They're they, fucking they adorable. Do. Little yeah. teddy bears. In they the do. Water. They look like little teddy bears if you look at them. And you know when they sleep together, if two of them sleep next to each other, they hold hands so that oh they don't float God. away from that's each a, other? That's just ridiculous. That's just too, it's yeah, too that's adorable. too much. Yeah. You, and, yeah. A yeah. shark needs to eat them to regulate. No, dude. No. Yeah. That's, too, uh, that's too cute. Oh, it's to number five. It's the sixth largest aquarium in the world. Oh, see, not top five. Wrong. Damn. Wrong again, Sal. Uh, it's, you know what's cool about. <laughs> I got you, motherfucker. <laughs> you know what's cool about. Me? I knew it wasn't top five. <laughs> if I'm wrong, I'm always I'm always just wrong. It's never like very wrong. It's always just wrong. What's the number one biggest. Oh, you're scrolling down. Let's find out. I bet it's in China. How much you want to bet it's in China or somewhere in the Middle East in Dubai? Oh, Dubai, oh, second God. place. Dubai, of course. What's first place? They get all the money. Dun dun dun. Mm. Oh, in Georgia? Is Georgia. that in Georgia, like America? I did not expect yeah. that. Atlanta. Wow, I don't know. They had the biggest. Uh, I've been to the. Wa- I think we'll have to put that on a list if we ever uh, tour out there. Yeah. Do, we, do we have anybody? We know? Do we have any any podcasters out in Atlanta, Georgia? In Atlanta? Do we? I don't know. I don't know. Mm. I don't. I don't think so. What goes on. Out I don't there? know anybody. Uh, the casino in the out ATL. The cool casino, cool casino and aquarium. I'm down to go out there just for those two reasons. I'm down. Do they still make good uh, hip hop like. music? Or are they done now? 
Hmm. I'm looking at you, Adam, because you're the you're always on the up and up. Yeah, where's yeah, the hot spots? Yeah, well, these I'm days. not I'm not that much on the up and up where I know where these guys are born, dude. I don't know fucking know if who's. I'm sure, dude. Because sure. it was a thing for a while, right? It was East Coast, then West Coast, and then you're thinking of Nelly. Atlanta had like a they had no they had more than that, didn't they? Hot Atlanta. Yeah, no. He, I mean, that whole crew that was attached to Nelly is, is all from that area. What's his name? What's that little dude with the, the dirty the, South? With the big, for a while. the big, the big. He sounds like he's a big guy, but he's not. He's a little guy. Little guy. Ja Rule. <laughs> oh, Ja Rule. <laughs> was it he from there? I don't know. He might be from there. <laughs> <Was it? laughs> I don't know about that guy. Uh, neither have I. That was, uh, a good, that was a good one right wow. there. Hey, you remember the first time you saw him? Pulled that one out. Resurrected that one out. Remember the first time you saw him? You're like, that, that uh, guy makes that yeah. voice? Yeah. Yeah, no, he's, can't really, even emulate he's it. tiny, dude. It's like the lead singer, of, lead singer of Pantera. Wasn't he a little guy, too? Uh, yeah, Phil and Salmo. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't think, I mean, he wasn't that big. Yeah, but, but you hear these guys' voice and you expect. Oh, yeah. He was an angry dude, that's yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, a lot of like famous actors, singers, a lot of them are really yeah. short. Yeah. It's really common. A lot of times in movies, they have to, Hollywood, they shoot, yeah. They, yeah, Hollywood shoots like special angles to make them look bigger than life when they're really these tiny little men. Yeah. Well, uh, Tom Cruise. I feel like that was, that was like, this was yeah right. This was like God's yeah. way of balancing things out. Like, uh, well, you got the short of the stick <laughs> with the height and the stuff. You're not very manly, but we're gonna make you super fucking famous. But then, like mm-hmm. Thor, that guy that plays Thor, I think he's like six two or six. Well, he's a stud. So he's yeah. you know. Then there's those guys. Is he in. more yeah. of a stud than the guy that plays Superman, Henry Cavill? Yeah. 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 Really? Yeah, Henry. Cavill, what else has Henry Cavill done? What do you mean? Like, what, what's his body of work? Uh, I don't Superman. know what else has Thor done. A bunch. Oh, he's done a bunch he's, of shit. Yeah, he's been in quite a few movies. Yeah. Well, Star Trek. I'm, I'm, oh, yeah. But yeah, but I'm saying if you put him next to each other, you know what? So there's that scene in Superman where Henry Cavill has a totally beard. different guys though. Too, you're talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah. They're, the both, they're both they're both blonde hair, blue eyed versus like the tall, dark, handsome. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I lean towards the opposite of what I. You know, we're we've tall. talked about this before. Yeah, yeah we have talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, so I like the blonde hair, blue eyed yeah, guys. That's more my thing. Yes. I got but, a taste for it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I feel I feel like Doug would like the tall, dark, and handsome guy. Oh, uh, you think yeah. just because he's just because the way he responds. Just because I was his trainer. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> I see. He trained with me. What did What did you guys do? Didn't you go to a concert or something like that? I did. Yeah, I did went you to, end up going? I went and saw Sam Hunt. Um, so uh, first you time say that I, fast, it might be interesting. No, it's his brother Mike. Oh, no, Mike. yeah, that's yeah. right. Thank you, Sal. Sam Hunt is part of this uh, R&B meets country music phenomenon that's been going on for the last probably five to eight years, if I'm guessing. Whoa, what does that sound like? I actually like it, hmm. and a lot. And so, if you're a if you're a country purist, you don't like it. Like, so you hate on it. it which it reminds me of, like, remember when Limp Bizkit came on scene and the whole rap ver- oh, and right, rock right. kind Kid of rock. right? Kid Rock. A lot of people don't like that. I am drawn to talent. Period. Like, yeah. I I just I don't I listen to all types of music. Um, there's I don't think there is a kind of music that I don't listen to. I like yeah I like to actually be challenged musically. Right, you know? and, and like, I, like get outside my comfort with it. It it was actually fucking really good, man. And I'm not like a diehard country. Is listener. it like upbeat or is it slow? Very upbeat. It's our. It's like uh, hip hop meets uh, country. Mm. Hmm. It's very. He he looks like if Will Smith had a baby with George Strait. So he's that's what his like music is, mm-hmm. and it's uh he's got swag. He can he 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 runs the he runs the uh, stage pretty well. I, I had a great is time. it a country crowd or is it hip hop? You crowd? remember uh, Aaron country Lewis crowd. from um, Stained? 
Yes. So he's like full country now, and I love right. Shit. So he, you know, that he originally was a country guy, and then they then went rock. They pushed him yeah. towards rock because some they they felt that they uh, he would be able to make a name for himself easier going that direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, but country is his, and I love his country actually. So he's yeah, somebody really who I, I I just do can't like. I can't get into country. I just why can't, I, I don't know why. I just my my girlfriend listens to it. She loves it, and I listen to it. And it's you like Johnny uh, Cash. Johnny Cash, I do. Johnny that's a, Cash, see, I can do. That's that's always the first go to if I ever somebody always gives me that like I hate country. Like oh you, yeah, you like Johnny Cash, and you can kind of progress in that direction. Most I as a kid, right, as a really young kid, so, was, were, you, were you guys exposed to it? Yeah, I was later on, but as a young like a young I kid, hated I hated it when I, I was younger. So did I. Yeah. As a as a really young kid, I hated. But like most things that I hated as a young kid, it was because I hadn't really truly experienced it. Right, I had maybe one or two experiences with it and turned it. You know, oh, I don't like it. But it's like. When I got into uh, high school, towards the end of high school, like junior senior year, and I worked on the ranch, it was playing all the time. So there was, you know, everybody I worked with listened to country. I'm driving a tractor, I have hay in my mouth. It just seemed appropriate to be listening to country and not fucking Nelly, not right? A, so a nice dip in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, all that Ding. good stuff. So <laughs> yeah. the small phase Makes of me puke every attempting time, to chew oh, was man. during that time also. You tried but, to chew for like a short minute. Very short. Minute. What did you chew? What was it? Huh? Copenhagen. I or? tried all of it, and I tried the little bags too. Like I did, you know. Oh, it's too strong. Yeah. Every time I, I tried, I, I tried a handful of times, and then when I realized that I was trying really hard, that I was like, okay, this, this is not. I <laughs> really want this in my <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, come on. So hold I want on. mouth cancer. This is a great. This is a great topic because I feel like everybody that gets into those habits tried to get that habit first. I don't think everybody anybody ever smokes yeah. their first cigarette. It doesn't cigarette. come easy. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anybody yeah. smokes their first cigarette or does their first chew and is like, this is fucking great. Yeah, oh, no. I, I bet everybody's like, ah, oh, and like, they're like, oh, no, no. Keep, ah, keep, no, doing, like, it, keep doing it for about a week and then you'll like it. I can't, like I can't speak on anybody else's experience, but my experience with you know tobacco uh, in, in that sense, like as far as cigarettes, chew, all that, every one of those things that I attempted and tried, none of them were love at first sight. It was like a... You know, I'll keep trying it because I want to be cool. You know, it was yeah. all it was at that age. It's like I'm try, I'm doing it because I want to be cool and feel cool. Because back then it kind of was. Now it's totally different, right? Like now the generation coming up, you're like, oh my god, why would you do that? It's disgusting. Yeah. But our generation, it was still we still were a part of the where it was cool. Marvel man yeah. was still the man. But that's what I mean. I feel like I don't think anybody ever does it and then loves Who it right away. Meet? Who did we just meet that was related to the Marvel man? Marble oh, man, know. yeah. We I just met somebody. Who did we just? I just met I somebody. No who, yeah, I just met somebody. Some, came in here. I think I know you're talking about. I don't I remember who. Remember you, want to, you want to talk about an advertising faux pas with that guy, huh? When he got lung cancer. Well, they, that was oh, horrible shit. for them. Supposedly, yeah, stick he, with the cartoon. Supposedly, uh, he, yeah. he was you know a fucking stud. Yeah. I, I don't remember who was connected. Anyways, whatever. But yeah, yeah I mean, no. I went to Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt was. Uh, I also had Kendrick Lamar tickets, which I gave them away. To now, the, what kind of music's that? That's hip hop. Okay. Yeah. And Kendrick Lamar, I've seen already. I'm officially an old yeah, fucker. I, 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 he puts on a badass show, and I know the audience is listening. He's probably like giving me shit. Would give me shit if they found out that I passed on uh, Kendrick Lamar and I went to Sam Hunt because it was I, I'm too old to do back to back concerts. I didn't get that in me. So <laughs> by one night, one night of staying out till fucking eleven yeah, midnight and really and <laughs> yeah, partying like that's just I can't. So Sam Hunt was a really was a Friday, was a country crowd. Yeah, yeah. Because I heard that I heard is is this is the this is the not the rumor but the uh, a stereotype of country crowds that it's the hottest girl. Oh, not even close, brother. The way beyond, like the the best concert you've ever been to on on like any, that? any no any other genre. Like, 
country smashes yeah. on it. Yeah. Everybody says Beautiful that. Beautiful women everywhere. Everybody says they, that. They just everywhere. come out of everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that I think that's a prereq for hot chicks. Like, you have to yeah. listen to country music. I think that's just part they of like it. They, like, grow yeah. them there. <laughs> they do. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so Shoreline was covered in beautiful women, great music. It was a great crowd. Covered. Yeah, all over the place. <laughs> everywhere. blanketed. Yeah. A yeah. sea of just, vagina. Yeah. Beautiful, glorious. But I didn't go to Kendrick Lamar. We vagina. gave the tickets to uh, gave the tickets to the boys here. Like, uh, sent Taylor. Um, T-Dog. Taylor, yeah, T-Dog. Did, did he take draw with him? He didn't, actually. We need to get them, like, necklaces, you know, so mm-hmm. we can go to these concerts. Drew was really T-dog upset that he didn't draw. go because he wanted to go. But I, he didn't stay past 4 o'clock on Friday for work, dude. That was uh, the deal. Was this The tickets were for the guy who puts in work the we long haven't, You know what we haven't done yet? We haven't, um, like, like hazed them well. Well, yeah. that was kind of a little haze right there. Nah, the, yeah, but you know, like a real a, one. Like, let's, that, let's take it back 40 years. If you are a, him up or If something. you're a kid right now, he's, <laughs> you know I mean? he's 20 yeah. years old. If you're a 20-year-old kid, right, or 19. Robe. And you're a yeah. diehard Kendrick Lamar fan, and you missed out on t- tickets to the suite to watch Kendrick Lamar because you don't work very long. That's fucking digging on him a little yeah, bit. A little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's digging on him a little bit. Dude. A little bit. Was, like, I think he was a little ooh. upset about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, teach him to work longer, though. Hey, Justin, how's um, how's how's your chickens? <laughs> you know what? Is it all good now? Super, super productive. Really? Very, very. The very next day, they every single one of them laid eggs inside the coop. <laughs> Oh my god! The very next morning, and it's been that way consistently. You know what? This is such a this it is was, such an example, dude. Let me tell you something. of life. Let me tell you something. This was like a profound display of like psychology. You know, like it was like this. Uh, just watching that, it was like, wow, it's so primitive, but like you could you can make so many metaphors and parallels from that this is how humans crazy. work too yeah you know how many times i would get a team i'd manage a team and it was like i'd do my best but there was that one person and you just know like gotta get rid of him he'll poison you can't, the rest of the team yeah you can't rehab him you just have no, to you, you just have to cut the you cancer snap out. his neck snap his neck in front of everybody else and then yeah. everybody straightens right up I, I had i had one situation They're where so, the, like nice and loving and right. none of them squawking so i had one situation where that actually happened and I, I can't obviously name names, but I told you this story when we were in L.A. When I got uh, when I got Hillsdale, when they re-grand opened, they put me in there. Mm-hmm. I had this one sales guy in there who had been with the company forever. And he was one of those old dinosaurs that was just... He wasn't old himself, but he was a dinosaur in the sense that he had that old mentality. Didn't want to change. Was kind of abrasive. You know, he did what I told him, but kind of didn't at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like he was above the law type of thing. Well, man, that fucker... He used to party in the gym, and one day, I don't know what drug he took, and he took his shirt off and was running through the gym, <laughs> and uh, I was like, you're fired. Thank <laughs> you, you know, for this opportunity to get you the fuck out of my gym. Yeah. It was so much better after that. So much better see, after that. I, I don't know, man. I feel like that, it, I don't know. It, it had a lot of impact on me, mainly because, like, I, you know, it's something that, like, it's uncomfortable, right? It's like, I, I... I, I talked about this, about my process kind of leading up to that fact. but like, The chicken murder? Yeah. But it's like, you know, like I, I look at that on a deeper level and like just, just as like a, a visual example for me that I needed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I know. It, it was powerful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nobody's safe. Like, didn't even smoke. You know, <laughs> you know I, went out, I went, I hiked on Sunday. Um, we went up to Castle Rock. You been up there? 
I told you about Castle Rock. Oh, so you've been up there. I, I think, did, did, was I the one that refer- recommended you guys? We've been there now like three times. Oh, really? Know. Okay. so we, I love Castle Rock. What uh, a great place. Yeah. It, the only thing that it sucked for me is my allergies when, as you're going through like the kind of, it was beautiful though. It was a great hike. Did you go, did you boulder? Did you do the bouldering? No, I didn't do any of that. We just went to the, we just went uh, and we did the one, two, three, like the third or fourth challenging trail down like i think it was uh yeah i know what you're, I know what you're talking about that's yeah. the one we did <clears throat> you felt like it, i think it said 1.3 to 2.5 hours i'm like okay that's cool yeah. you know? <laughs> did you how about the views when oh, you're at beautiful. the top yeah no beautiful i took some shots while i was up there it was just gorgeous up there what a great hike you know i had some thought i always I get that I, what i like time. about the hikes too is it really does uh it gives me these these random thoughts and i had this thought that i wanted to ask you guys when i had you guys together because i'm not a father um and you know, we, we've been talking a lot lately, and we have today, we have uh, Tom Bilyeu coming in with uh, the neuroscientists for uh, Modius, the company Modius, and we're going to talk to them about this great tech tool and everything. And had me, I've been thinking a lot about that since I've been reading this book, Irresistible, and I was talking to Andy about his book, Unplugged, and having him over here. And so this has been on my mind a lot, and I was thinking, you know, and I have, I have some friends that are... Uh, you have kids that they actually started their Instagram really, really young. And they already have like, they're like, you know, <laughs> young and they already have like three, 4,000 followers. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I, I was thinking about this, like, and I know, and I know what's happening right now they're with building their currencies. Well, exactly. So this is where I wanted to, I wanted to say something to you guys and, and hear your thoughts on this. And before you knee jerk and, and just react, I want you to like really think about this that, okay. Do we believe, and I do, that the future of you know hiring somebody that their social presence is going to be a major factor on whether they get a job or not because of how much? Because if somebody has got five thousand or ten thousand people following them, obviously they have the ability to influence. They're somewhat of a somewhat of a leader, whether it be good or bad, doesn't matter. They've got people that are following them, right? Would make them a leader uh, in in some in some respects. And then you have these companies that are looking for these type of people. And I think we're going to see more and more of that in the future as a, a prereq to get a job at some places. Yeah. And I wonder if, you know, as a parent, you think, oh, my God, I don't want to do that right now. But are we are we helping them more or are we hindering mm, them? More? I look at it. OK, I'll, I'll answer it this way, I guess. Um, I look at it like Warren Buffett kind of treats his kids like he's got like an endless supply of capital for them in any pursuit they ever wanted to go into. But he's very he's very restrictive and for a reason. He wants them to have their own experience. He wants them to build their own disciplines, build their own character, go through the same trials and tribulations uh, you know, that he got to where he got. And I think that <clears throat> I think that there's you can make an argument that like it'll make their life easier by, you know, aggregating all these like Instagram followers or whatever the social platform is at the time and you know like it, you could look at it like currency like I'm I'm building up like a savings plan or like this is like a 401k or something at that point right right, right. and uh I I don't know I guess I come from a different place with that in that I less less for me uh, like I know it's going to be an, an inevitability because that's how people are going to interact. You know, they're already doing that like face to face, like they're interacting through their phones, which is crazy, but it's, it's, it's just something that, you know, it's new and, and we're all going to have to kind of grow with it and, and see where it all goes. 
but um, I want to I want to kind of pull them back, pull the reins a bit with that um, in, in, until like they can make, um, you know, their own like it's you know later on when when you deem like it's it's appropriate right now when you when you say that is there do you struggle with that process like is there do you feel like you kind of go back and forth like fuck Mm -hmm. you know like you're saying it right now but then i feel like did you ever was that just a decision and you made that or is it like fuck yeah no i thought along uh, you know along those lines because you know like me and sal talked about this too about exposure even for kids and, and all the predators that you know, this endless sea of like predators that are just there, you know, at a whim and like how much information are we really wanting to put out there of our private lives? Yeah. It's a, it, there's a lot of, so many different questions pop up for me with that and so many different feelings. Mm-hmm. And I try to be as objective as possible. And the things that, which is are, hard when you're the parent, by that's the way, right. that's why I wanted not to, only, I not wanted to that, challenge him, but not only that, but not only we parents, but we're also, uh, social media. We have a large social media presence and we have a large podcast presence. So, it's more. It's different for my kid than it would be for someone else. Like, yeah, you know, if you're if you're you know uh, a celebrity, I'm not one of these big celebrities. Let's say you're Tom Cruise. Like, have putting your kid out there is very different. Than well, so and I want person. the re- what would spark this. So I have friends that would be considered that you know like NFL stars or you know celebrity type people where they have huge followings. They've started their kids and their kids now have thousands of, of followers and stuff. So that's what that's. So I wonder first number one. Who the fuck is following these little kids? How old are the kids? Do you know? Yeah, he's, they're like, uh, they look to me like they're somewhere around 9 to 11 years right. old. So somewhere. who's following a 9-year-old's hmm. social media page? It's not a bunch of 9-year-olds, it, 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 or maybe it is, maybe not. One thing that we're starting to realize now with the internet uh, is that the dark the dark side of the internet is massive. It's huge. There are countless pages that are created where uh, they're like hubs for pedophiles, and they'll do stuff like. Now you're gonna, you're going to say that, and I just and this is me just totally playing devil's advocate and challenging your thought process in, to help you be more objective. Because on this show, you've multiple times you've said that we live in the safest time we've ever lived in, and you know that to me when you say something like that, it sounds almost like a parent who's like, "There's no way I would let no. my kids stay outside so, and play past dark because it's so dangerous outside." But is it really so, more dangerous? So if you're uh, first off. I don't. I just like the thought of feeding that with my kid. So whether nothing happens to them or not, I, I don't like the thought of it. So it just bothers me. But the second thing is, if you have some type of celebrity and your kid is out there, that is a place that can. That's where someone can target you. And we've seen that happen in the past. And the odds are still small. But even besides all that, forget all that. Like, I don't know, man. Um, what kind of currency are they building with a following from being a nine-year-old? Like, what are they doing? Well, is, I mean, okay, I, so I feel like a lot of people are following let's, because let's, they're fans. Hold on, because they're fans of their parents, and it's just more of this mm-hmm. like I'm doing everything for my kid, you know, type of attitude and mentality. When you know, mm-hmm. kids need to kind of be kids a little bit sometimes, and posting their picture out on social media—that's just my. That's some of my feelings behind it. Like, where do you? What is that going to really build for them? And like, just well, let's said, talk like, about that. And I've thought about this. This is why I wanted to bring it up. Is you know, I imagine the the roles are reversed, and I have a dad or a mom who's uh, somewhat of a celebrity, or they have a large following, and they start me. They start my Instagram page when I'm seven years old or whatever, and now I'm in you know fourth and fifth grade and interacting with other kids, and I have a three thousand or a five thousand following. Uh, I would think that kid probably has a much easier time making friends and is probably going to start off pretty damn popular right away because, 
And so you could argue. It's so creepy to think about. I just see well, that as like, no, I like, I see like popularity by following, right? So that's like a new metric that kids are going to like well, totally Absolutely. To. Let me ask so you if you're, crazy. Wait, hold on. Let me finish okay. here because you're already trying to challenge it. And I'm trying to tell you right now that th- this is this part that maybe you haven't thought all the way mm. through is. And you holding them from it, let's say you're a parent who's like, absolutely not till my kid is a certain age, they're not going to be able to do these type of things. And because of that, you've now pigeonholed your kid as the less, uh, he's not going to be cool and he's not going to have any friends because he doesn't even have a social presence at all. And popularity will be, uh, will, will be considered, that will be a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like this will be another a standard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Another standard that people will use as if you're cool or not cool as a young kid growing up. And as a father, am I, you know, by telling them, no, they can't because of my own fears of, you know, them predators looking at them or doing these things that I'm not allowing him to build a social following that could potentially make him make his school life a little bit easier and popularity. Okay, like, so we're talking about a nine year old because well, that's, no, that's the age that you gave. Well, so. no, I mean, it could be any age. It doesn't need okay, to be whatever. We don't, we don't need, those are semantics. Okay, you don't whatever. Need to get it's into a that. kid. It's a kid. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let me kid. ask you guys this. Let me ask you this, Adam. Uh, how well do celebrities that are kids, celebrity kids, not kids of celebrities, but celebrity kids, how well do they do in life typically later on? Well, in the past, we have definitely had a lot of those types of kids that end up getting hooked on drugs and have all kinds of issues. That's right. So, That's right. so having <clears throat> putting your kid out there, let's say you do a great fucking job. Now your kid gets a million followers on Instagram. Or, uh, did you do them a favor? I, I, I think there's two sides of this that we need to look at and we need to be very careful with it. And I think like, it's, you're, if you're a parent and you do it with your kids, you're not hurting them. That's fine. That's totally up to you. I just think like, I, I'm not just going to look at the positive. I'm going to look at the potential negatives. Well, and of course. If, if I'm a 10-year-old, yeah. look, I remember when I was 10, 11, 12, 13 with my insecurities. If I was out on social media with all these people watching me, I don't have the maturity. Like it's a struggle now. I'm a 38-year-old man putting my shit out on social media, having people watch me and comment on my stuff. I couldn't imagine being a 13-year-old with a troll being like, your legs are small or you're ugly or you're stupid or I don't like what you're saying or your page is dumb or whatever. Like you're putting your kid in a position uh, where I, we've never been in this situation before. Well, at, so I, that's I, why it's fun to, to me. That's why it's fun to speculate about because I don't think any of us in this room could be right or wrong. I think that uh, you bring up gr- incredibly yeah. valid points about this that are, are definitely concerns. But I was, again, I've al- I'm always trying to challenge the way I think about things. And I would, I would 100% agree with you guys uh, on the way you feel. But then I've also think like, I never thought of it from the other side, like being a kid growing up and my, maybe my dad doesn't let me have, have those things. And now I'm at a school where I'm trying to make friends and be cool. And nobody thinks I'm cool because I can't, my dad doesn't let me have an Instagram and everybody else does. And this kid's, well, it hasn't happened yet, but look, I tell you what, there's a lot of things that make you cool in school that good parents will tell you. No. Okay. It's just a lot of things. Like, uh, even when we were kids, there were things that, you know, if you didn't do it, you weren't cool like everybody, but your parents made a smart decision by not letting you do those th- types of things. Well, but the what, thing- are you, what are you thinking of? Like, oh, anything. Saying? Drugs, buying you a shit ton of clothes. Yeah, I, think that that's you know? ba- I think that's a bad comparison. Hey, you know, here, you know like not, not having all the best clothes all the time or having an awesome car. Like, you know, buy your kid a BMW right away just because it makes them so, cool. So, okay. So, yeah, the clothes would probably be a better a better parallel, I think. Yeah. That's fair. Like, stylish clothes. And the know? other thing that you so think about- be, To I'm me, sure. it'd be like you, you know, being a parent who doesn't allow your kid right. to buy- That's right. And there's a, there's a big difference, too, we need to look at. Why are these people following your kid? 
Mm-hmm. Is it because they're cute? Because that, I think, is stupid. I think that's horrible. I think that's a horrible way to have a child identify with their value. Is your nine-year-old a musician? Are they creating something? Yeah, but he- Are they creating a business? That's fine. I think that's awesome. Is but- the answer, though, to to not allow them to do it, or is it kind of teach them and educate them? Because eventually sure. they're, they're going to be a part of it no matter what. Oh, shit. If my nine-year-old, if my you know kid is nine, and my kid's like, Dad, I got this idea for a business, or I want to play the guitar, and I want to put it on you know, social media or whatever, like that's different. If it's like, I'm cute, I'm just going to post pictures of myself and whatever, and get all these followers, like there's no doubt in my mind, and I don't know, I don't know the situation, but if you're a child of a celebrity and you have 10,000 followers, I'm sure a lot of the people following you is because they're, they're fans of your parents. Mm-hmm. And then they're following you for what? Like just to look at you, to see, you know, like do you do anything of value? You know, it, when you look at celebrities, you can see... You, there, you can see the, the celebrities that did a good job with their kids and the ones that didn't. And a lot of times, the ones that did a bad job are the ones that put their kids out all the fucking time. Look at, look at, the, look at some of these dysfunction among some of these children. And then look at some of these kids like, as much, whether you like or hate Donald Trump, his kids, he did a fucking great job. Like They're very smart business people. He did a good job raising them in that particular sense. Arnold Schwarzenegger's got children that you don't hear a whole lot about as well. They're more... They tend to be more uh, balanced and more functional. Then you've got other parents where kids are, they blast them all over the place. Mm. And that's tough for a kid to grow up in. I think most, most child psychologists will tell you, like, putting your kid in modeling, putting your kid in commercials, TV, movies, like, yeah, that's a very scary situation. I also situation. think that you're, I think you're overgeneralizing a lot of things right now. And I think that comparing modeling and those type of stuff to social media, which has become a much different norm. And you have to understand that we were part of a generation that didn't have that and then now has it. So we have a different kind of perspective than somebody who is born into that, like at your kid's age, where, you know, you're, you could potentially be denying something that's just so normal to them. It's not like, you know, uh, what these examples that you're giving right now, those are more extreme examples when this is just simply dad i just want to be on instagram and be able to yeah it's a tough one man yeah. because nobody's gonna have their own approach you know, a- at the end of the day i think what makes us you know more comfortable is you know being able to restrict that as much as possible until they have more of an adult type of a brain just to, to deal with that kind of attention yeah and, and normal normal is a shitty metric yeah. it's just a shitty fucking metric like yeah when no, people I, say i agree with that it's normal everybody's doing it we need to fuck you know shut up with that bullshit i hate that shit when people say it because yeah but what's gotta, normal is eating garbage food is fucking sitting down on your ass all day long it's being a you know these are things that were normal when we were kids Yeah, but as a child's saying, mind that's I, i'm speaking from a child's perspective when i say something like that i agree with you yeah, that they're gonna have to deal with it like but, you're you gonna know, have to deal with your dad that tells you i'm sorry that everybody's doing that shit but I'm going to place per certain parameters. And if, I, you have to be careful, obviously, with those types of parameters. But um, there's a lot of things that are normal that are just terrible that kids do. And, it, I'm, you know, sure, there's, it, I'm going to be in the minority. And it sucks because it's unfortunate that the minority of parents are parenting a certain way and that a majority are parenting another, another way. It's just, I'll tell you what, man, go, go look at the average kid's school lunch and look at what they pull out of their their backpack it's all it's like it's a it's a bag of gummy bears and a bag of Ritz crackers and, buy, it, yeah. and it's shit and it's well, like that's normal no too. no doubt no doubt i mean now now you're you're taking it a different direction and comparative different things i think it's i think just simply asking yourself like could i actually as much as i think i am protecting or helping them 
could I, and ask yourself this, could I potentially be hurting him or, or her more by not allowing them to start something that could, like Justin said earlier, it's like this investment that they could be, you're making. Now, in see, them. I'm with you on that. Yeah. And I think the smart thing to do would be to sit down, honestly, and I've already thought about this, is to sit down with my kid, my, my son just turned 12, and to say, hey, let's sit down and come up with some ideas. Mm-hmm. I've already been talking to him. So this is a conversation I've already been having with my son. Not because he's begged me to go on these platforms, but I've actually I've explained to him what a sales funnel is on the internet. I've explained to him hmm. how people make do business on the internet. I've explained to him how these pages on Instagram, pages on Facebook, and on YouTube make money. In fact, we had a conversation in the car yesterday on the drive to the uh, aquarium where he was he was saying he came up with an idea. And he's like, oh, you know how much you can make money on on YouTube, and he came up with this idea, and he says you'll get millions of views, and that's how you make money. And so we sat down. And I said, okay, I said. And he understands advertising. That's how he thinks people make money on YouTube. He's like, advertising. I said, yeah, it's one way, but you need a ton of views, you know, a huge audience to make a lot of money with advertising. I said, the way you make money on, with, on YouTube is if you sell your own product. You don't need nearly as many. So then we had a great conversation about that. Now that, mm-hmm. I would support 100%. You know what I'm saying? Like, if yeah, we could sit down and do that together, that, and that'd be a nice yeah. thing, bonding, you know, thing. Right. The that makes me think too, because I actually had a conversation with my oldest, and he's only seven, but um, you know, he loves just building Lego. Like he, he just creates now. He's in a place where he just like can create something new every day. And he actually asked me about like videoing that and like having you right know, so, one a day. So if I just had him showing that. You know, and like that's totally something valid. People could watch this timeline of and progression, it's, and it's feeding into his passion, right? Yeah, like I, I could totally see, like I, could I could totally, do that. Yeah. I could totally get behind. You know, if if I had a kid who had a passion for something that they really liked, like to me, and that's what it's really like. I think that's part of our jobs as parents, right? I'm not one, but if I was a parent, I think is to find the things that your kids are are passionate about and they love and then helping support that. And maybe that's a way of doing that. Like you're, you're bringing up right now. I think that would be, uh, I bet it would draw lots of attention too. I think lots of people would follow because we've already seen some of these kids, they get huge followings from unwrapping presents or building mm-hmm. certain Lego things. And, you know, yeah. maybe it's a, a timeline video or, a, you know, check out this cool thing that I made out of Legos or what, whatever, you know, but it's something he loves to do. He's passionate about a way that he can build a, whether it be a, reputi- or a reputation or a following, whatever you want to fucking call it, mm-hmm. you know, it allows him to have access uh, to something that maybe we would consider denying him or her because we're they're too young or we don't think that's right. When in reality, we're in the we are in the middle of watching this huge shift of that being very much so the norm to the point where you know a, a job like ours here we are we just hired two employees on and I tell you what if we had somebody uh, equally. Uh, talented as the two young men that we brought on staff, but one of they, the other two uh, applicants had 50,000 Instagram followers. I, I think we, each of us would agree that we probably would hire the one with it if they had, if all things were equal, right? Their talents were equal, what they could, but they could bring to the table. But because they had this large social presence and our job, our business, uh, definitely that would help it. I think it's, and I think a lot of businesses would uh, benefit from large networks and followings of employees. Imagine if you're a bar, like a bar owner, and you had and this was the thought that came to me is like, man, I, I'm hiring uh, a total of ten bartenders are going to work at my bar. Uh, of course, they have to serve drinks. They need to have that skill set. Hopefully, they're attractive people, charismatic. All those things matter. 
But man, if if all eight bartenders that I hired all had ten thousand followers or above, like what would that well, potentially do for my I business? I actually already uh, I was watching something. I don't know if it was a documentary, but um, they're they're talking about like old bands and how they used to travel, um, you know, and like book all these these gigs. And like I think it was somewhere in Australia, but like they're talking about like all this this guy does now for promotions like he doesn't work with like Aerosmith and you know all these like big name bands anymore he completely just focuses on these people that bring a million have a million following or you know a couple hundred thousand following because then it's like insanely predictable people show up every single time when these internet celebrities come to town and it's like made him like 10 X his business. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fascinating. Which is crazy, but it makes perfect sense. Also, I wonder how much it's going to change. You know what I mean? Like as that becomes the way uh, celebrities are created, because it's, it's starting to become like that, right? Right, it's, right. It's starting to become like pretty soon Hollywood and music and all that stuff is going to be, celebrities aren't going to come from there. It's going to be all through these type of mediums. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to make it more difficult to kind of build a brand like oh, that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. To shine That's, when everybody's okay, putting it on Again, them. Yeah. this is what brings me to this thought. Like, you know, at, and I think the longer that we hold our kids back from them being able to do that, the further behind they're going to be because I think it's going to be very competitive. I think that, and think of that from a job person. I think that literally... You're going to look at eight bartenders, but I'm or I'm looking at 20 bartenders. I only need eight. All of them are good, but these ones have this big of a presence like they're getting hired. You yeah. know, it's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer that I'm going to to hire them because of that. And that obviously that's just one example I'm using and I think that it applies to many uh jobs I out there. I guess a lot of it just depends on on what you're doing with that. You know what I mean? How you built your page. Like mm-hmm. if it's just if if there's something you know, something behind it besides just, you know, the way you look, unless you get into a field related to that. But I could imagine, like, imagine a a girl who's got an Instagram page with 100,000 followers and it's all because she's showing off her, her body. And then she's like, I want to become a lawyer or I want to become a doctor. Like, that might do the opposite. I don't know. It might... It's it might true. it might do the yeah. exact opposite. Absolutely, like, and this yeah. is this is part of the type. I think the, sure. as a parent, I think these are the type of conversations that you're you're helping your your young kid. You know, you under- try and steer him, too, right? Exactly. You know, it, instead of like holding it away from him, not yeah. letting him expose it, exposing him early, but then teaching him early on that you know. So well, you'd be about- surprised. You you hold him back as much as you want. My kids teach me shit about. Oh, I know. Yeah. Uh, they know more than I do about <laughs> right. about uploading videos and do already, and they don't even have their own channels. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think it would be a good thing. I'm like I said, I've already thought about doing this. I just uh, I'm not pushing it, but I'd like to work with my kid and have them create something and sure. start a, even if he doesn't if it doesn't work which the odds of course are probably won't <laughs> but the amount of you know learning you get from that process imagine starting your own business at that age through these you know these be channels. really cool well yeah, you, exactly. the, i mean just got my wheel spinning already just from what justin said imagine if like your boy is really good at this and like a lot of people start following uh, like that little yeah i was it, thinking it opens, about that and i was like hmm that's not a bad idea right yeah. and all, and opens the door for him to potentially i mean you could teach him how to make money before the kids even mm-hmm. like 16 years old he partner could, with lego right the, you know, right and as, stuff, a, as yeah. a dad who has a lot of pull in in the this arena yeah. i mean you may be able to, to 
provide an opportunity for him and teach him at the same time, right? You could give him a, a lesson in business. Yeah, if he wants him. it. Yeah, right, so right. Obviously, yeah, right, but, right. Yeah. So, anyways, that was yeah, just one of, that was one of my uh, hiking high thoughts that I had that I thought I'd share, <laughs> share with you guys and see what you thought. Well, sparked an interesting and conversation. N- not that at all that yeah. I disagree with you. I just thought that it would be, uh, I knew it was challenging for me to think about it. I couldn't imagine how challenging it has to be for fathers like you guys to yeah, have to. Yeah, I don't to, think a lot of people have even thought about this kind of stuff yet. Right. And yeah. that's why I wanted to bring it up because I bet you there's a ton of parents yeah. that are just like no or yes about it and they don't yeah. really think yeah. all the way through. I, like, think so all you, the, I think a lot, majority of parents, you get a lot of the no's and then a lot of parents are just that don't care. Yeah, I don't even think it's a, a yes. disconnect. Yeah, they just don't care. Yeah, they just right. remove. They just let their kids do yeah. whatever. Right, and I and I'm I think I, you know being which a guy is that, bad no matter what. Right, you know what I mean you leave your kids and just be like you don't give a shit. Yeah. Doesn't matter what That's they never do. Never it's, it's probably not a good thing. You know what we forgot to mention was uh, don't we have like an email coming out or something people need to register for Doug. What do yeah. we got going on? Yeah, this Thursday we're having a flash sale. Oh, oh kaboom! It's going to be a surprise. It's going to be. It's going to be a surprise. Not so, like Sal flashing in front of the red lights, right? So if you want to get notified about the flash sale, you need to sign up for the thirty days of coaching. Okay, okay so, so, so if you haven't my, already done that, then do that. So go to mindpumpmedia.com and just sign up for it. Exactly. And then we're going to send out an email exactly. for a one-day flash sale. And some people that have been listening for a long time, I, I've just had someone today, I didn't even know you guys have this. So the 30-day, the it's free coaching. So it's 30 mm-hmm. days of free coaching. Uh, so it's not like it's some gimmick where we're trying to sell you something or your whatever. It's It's completely free. Sign up for it. I think everybody should have access to it. Um, and then if you're on that list, you're automatically on our mailing list, and then uh, then Doug will send that out next week, which is cool. Uh, we also need to um, uh, mention too our our sponsors, Organifi, just sent their cool shipment. We got in. a ton of boxes. Man. Yeah, we got all kinds of good stuff. Which uh, Doug brought up something this weekend. I think would be a brilliant idea. I know we haven't uh, completely solidified exactly what we're going to do, but. Maybe now that we have a really solid, good sponsor like Organifi, that we do some sort of a giveaway with them, like mm. we have done with the T-shirts. I think that would be a yeah. a, a brilliant idea. Well, why don't if you're we, on the fence to try it out, this would be a good way. Why to don't we do like where they do a, a post or something and they do some kind of? A yeah, I think we should discuss exactly like how we how we lay it out. But Doug brought that up this weekend, and I thought that's that would be fucking really cool. We've already done something for the reviews on iTunes. I think doing some sort of a giveaway with, like you're saying, Instagram or something like that. But we'll figure that all out. We'll put it together. Um, but if you guys haven't tried out uh, the Organifi, and I can't wait. We just got the red juice in, which I haven't tried yet. I've been on the using the green juice, uh, making my. It's been a tradition now. Every weekend we're starting to. I make saw you the, made those green. Yes, pancakes, the yeah. the mint chip uh, pancakes. I love it because I get the I get the protein inside of it. Plus, I get the the and I'll be the first one to admit that on Sunday morning breakfast. Not a lot of greens are typically in my morning breakfast, and I also get a late start like at noon by the time we're 11 and noon. You just eat the pancakes just like that by themselves? Pancakes, and I have a little bit of syrup on them, and then I have my um, and my bacon with it. I wonder it. how they would taste if you put butter in them and rolled them up. Eat them like that. Oh, it would be they would be they would be bomb. Although those ones, I think the the magic is in the mint flavor with the the dark chocolate chips. Mm. So it has the if you did them by we did them by themselves and they were all right by themselves. But I was like, yeah, they have this. You know, pancakes aren't supposed to have this minty flavor to them, so it is different. If you're gonna have pancakes and you want traditional pancakes, it's different. But if you put the chocolate chips, you get these like mint, this mint chocolate chip flavor when you're having pancakes. Right, so to me, that's, that's killer. Doug, bring on the burn. This quaz brought to you by Organifi. 
For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. Our first question is from Peyton Cannon. Would different styles of CNS training such as isometrics and plyos be good for trigger sessions? Hell yeah, absolutely. So trigger sessions... Just for, be careful not to... Yeah, we're gonna, we're, we'll get into that. So Yeah, especially with plyos. So, with a lot, so trigger sessions for people that don't know, uh, a trigger session are these kind of mini... I hate to call them workouts because they're not meant to be workouts, but mini sessions that you do on your off days... And the goal of the trigger session is to maintain the muscle building signal from the previous day, which was set with the heavy workout. Typically, they're about eight minutes long. The goal is to get a little bit of a pump in the muscle, a little bit of a burn. And you do them frequently throughout the day. So you're supposed to do about three of them throughout the day. And they're extremely, extremely effective. In fact, I had not done trigger sessions consistently for a long time. I was doing other types of frequency builders. Went back to trigger sessions recently, and it always blows me away. It always blows me away by how much, how well my body responds. Just more muscle, more body fat loss, all that stuff. Now, trigger sessions are part of a category uh, that goes into all of our program that we call frequency builders. Okay, so trigger sessions are found in MAPS Anabolic, but like in MAPS Aesthetic, we have focus sessions, which are similar but different. In MAPS Performance, we have uh, uh, mobility sessions. And in MAPS Anywhere, we have what are called AMP sessions. And what they are is they are designed to give you more frequency to your workouts. And the goal, But the goal with that, with the frequencies, also to minimize damage to muscle. Mm-hmm. Okay, Because you're adding these to your already kind of almost complete uh, intense routine. So if you're doing like three days a week of full body, well, now you have you know, another three three or four days a week that you can add frequency, but because you've already had three hard full body workouts, you don't want to necessarily tear muscle down. You just want to throw in some frequency. So that's how I would treat them if you did isometrics and plyos. Mm. Um, on those days in between, don't do them super intense, but just train the sequence, train the, yeah. the recruitment pattern. I was, I was definitely going to reiterate that because – you know, you, you definitely want it for the for that fact. You want it for the frequency of um, stimulating your body to produce those types of movements or that type of response from your central nervous system. But you should be if like let's for instance with with plyometrics, if you know if your goal is to get really powerful and explosive in those jumping type movements, um, you know that should make its way in high intensity. You know within your workout. The ones in between, you know, we want to keep that reasonably light. So that that's more if you're using it for like the frequency of it, um, because you going from, you know, heavy, heavy max lifting days, um, not max lifting, but you know what I mean? Like foundational days, like three times a week. And then in between, if you're doing super explosive, you know, high intensity plyometrics, you know, we're we're gonna get some diminishing returns. How do you sure. feel about Justin? Since this is kind of your your uh, your area, what about instead of doing plyos like you normally would, where you're just trying to explode? Mm-hmm. What if on the trigger session days you're just trying to perfect your, 
I guess your technique yep. and your and your patterning. minimal reps exactly. So yeah. I mean, you, you obviously want just to like get, practice. Yeah, it's to 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 get fast with it because really what you're trying to do is get more acceleration. So your ground forces play into effect, right? You have to be able to get that coiled response and then get as much acceleration as possible. But like you're you're doing it in such a way where. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of reps you're doing in a row. You're really perfecting the signal of that and honing in on it. Mm. So that's like your focus. Isometrics would be perfect. That'd probably yeah, be the they, best. yeah, for sure. I feel like the 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 answer is is obviously yes, but I think that how I would decide this would be based off my goal, right? So, you know, I think um, using triggers with isometric. Okay, I'll say I'll show you how I would use like isometric plyo, and then our, our traditional way that we use it. If I am more uh, aesthetic based and I am areas that I'm trying to develop on my body, like I want better biceps or better shoulders, I'm sticking more towards the traditional way that we have incorporated uh, trigger sessions where I'm just standard bicep and shoulder type movements to get that added frequency and added pump and more recovery, all the benefits we talk about. If I am trying to correct something like a bad recruitment pattern that I have, or for say, for example, for me, the retraction depression of my shoulders, I think I would incorporate, I would, and I'm really trying to work on an imbalance maybe that I have and address some issues. Uh, I would probably use the trigger sessions for isometrics. I would do a lot of isometric stuff and be uh, treating it kind of like our fortification sessions that we have inside of prime. So, and then lastly, if I was like an athlete who is or even if I wasn't like a like a professional athlete, but I play basketball on the weekends or I, I'm playing sports still and I want to improve upon my explosiveness and some of the stuff Justin was just talking about. Mm. I think I'm using my triggers, plyos in my mm-hmm. triggers. So to me, my goal that I that I'm trying to achieve is what what would dictate how I'm using these triggers. And I think absolutely the answer is yes, you can use all those things, but I also think that I would prioritize them around whatever my priority is like yeah out of those for sure like you want to be like you want it to benefit whatever goal you have going into it and i think from you know i just thinking of it too like explaining like isometrics how i would use that in more of a performance uh related goal like i want to i want to make sure that uh I'm, I'm going to use this more to teach my body to get super super comfortable in um in in depth or or ranges of motion that i know uh, i'm going to express on the field or so i now i want to solidify my force stabilization so if i if i get like lateral forces i I really want to um solidify the fact that i'm stable and so that's that's one way i'll use it too for from a sports perspective and then the other like so like i mentioned depth or like in my squat you know i really want to hone in on uh, the weakest part of my lifts and then, uh, you know, get that signal super strong uh, I, going in. I wonder if this I, person is an, is an, is an athlete. Did you happen to look at their I didn't. Oh, Okay. No. Isometrics, by the way, one of the most, uh, overlooked, um, underrated, uh, types of training period. Like I, a, I love that we talk about, especially Justin, and of course with the axon stick, because uh, it's it, so underrated. Yeah. That and frequency, I think are two big things that, uh, I incorporate now in mm-hmm. my thirties that I never really did in my early twenties, just because, uh, lack of information and knowledge in the, in the area. And I didn't realize what a difference, you know, who benefits, you know, who benefits 10 to 15 a lot? degrees of strength from the joint 
So you, I, in either direction. So it's huge. That's you huge. Know, do you, besides performance, because you're seeing athletes. Where did you get that right there? Where did that come from? Some studies. That some stu- bunch of studies. Saying that, sharing them. So, so basically 10 to, it, it can increase the the joint mobility by 10 to 15 degrees? Or are you strength. saying 10 to 15% strength? Yeah. yeah wow. It carries over 10 to 15 wow, degrees. Wow. That's a big difference. Yeah. yeah. So wherever, whatever isometric position you're, you're strengthening, you actually gain strength in a broader mm-hmm. range. Um, so isometrics is today being used more by, I think, athletes you're starting to see. Mm-hmm. But you know who benefits a lot from isometrics that don't use – and they don't use them at all? Bodybuilders. Oh, yeah. Bodybuilders could have – Well, they do in their posing. They Posing, but not like tr- like the way you should use isometrics, yeah. right? Isometrics are phenomenal for bodybuilders primarily because bodybuilders almost never in their training, except for maybe the squeeze – do they ever stop uh, a position in 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 uh, or a rep? You don't like, for example, when you see a bodybuilder do shoulder press, it's always kind of this pumping motion, and I know why because they want the pump, they want the burn. But you give them some heavy dumbbells, have them lock out and hold with tension mm-hmm. for time, and watch what happens to the development of their delts. I mean, it's a it's a training tool that doesn't cause a lot of muscle damage. Yeah. So the good thing about that is you could just throw it in. You can throw in some isometrics to your routine. And watch what happens. And the old timers used to do them all the time. I mean, I, the old bodybuilders of you know back in the day used to talk about you know holding the squeeze for long periods of time. That was primarily what they how they used them. But even before that, isometrics was it was a staple. Um, and I can't think of there's very few things I can think of that you could just add to your routine that are going to give you like pretty traumatic results. Isometrics is one of them. So I just want to make sure I say that because. Yeah. It's one of those, uh, you know, overlooked things. Definitely. Quick commercial break, you guys. We keep getting asked all the time, how can I support the Mind Pump family? Here's one of the best ways you guys can. You guys love that Chimera Coffee that we have. Chimera Coffee with a K. You go to ChimeraCoffee.com. Put in the discount code Mind Pump for 10% at the checkout. If you guys have not tried Ben Greenfield's new bars out, they're fantastic. If you want some, go to BenGreenfieldFitness.com forward slash Nature Bite. Put in the code Mind Pump and get 10% off. Go check it out. Next question is from Joseph X 95 Sal talked about how good he was at working the floor. Can you guys share some of your tactics that made you successful? Mm-hmm. So he's talking about work uh, that floor. Yeah, he's talking about as a personal trainer. <laughs> We're in his high heels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, working the floor is when you are literally on the gym floor and you're, you're trying to build your business through it uh, by getting clients. Okay. So one of the easiest things I can tell you, uh, to become successful at working the floor is learn how to use the front desk. The easiest place in mm-hmm. the world on the mm-hmm. floor, and the front desk is part of the floor, uh, at getting clients is the front desk because people walk in, you check them in, instant connection, instant ability to be able to talk to them, ask them questions. Mm-hmm. The second thing I should I could say to you is learn how to use your intercom uh, the over the loudspeakers. If your gym allows you to, and if you do a good job, they'll want you to use the intercom on a regular basis because a very, very quick, easy, well-done announcement, you know, attention members and guests, we have five free personal training sessions available at the front desk going on a first-come, first-served basis, come book them up here with Justin, uh, you know, before they're gone. And within 20 minutes, you'll have five assessments. Super effective, yeah. Super easy. Those two things alone, super easy. They don't require you to be... Like, you know, crafty with how you approach people. You know, we'll talk about that too, but that requires more skill. Like, I would just, 
I'd have trainers just sit at the front desk and scam people, and I'd tell them, when you scam people, ask them what they're working on mm-hmm. that day. Mm-hmm. You know, like, hey, what are you working on today? Oh, I'm going to do a little legs. Oh, awesome. What the exercise? Oh, let me show you this new exercise. And just walk back with them and take them through a couple exercises, and you've got your, your intro right there. Very, very easy. I think a lot of people struggle with this because of the pressure of trying to make the sale. You know, is they're like, okay, I got to go talk to people on yeah, the floor. That's a great point. And I've got to make this sale. So there's this pressure in the back of your mind that like the whole purpose of why you're talking to this person is to eventually sell them on personal training. And, you know, I actually, and it wasn't until I think after Justin, so I don't think Justin ever experienced with me teaching my trainers this, but this was something I started to put together later on as I realized how many trainers struggle with this because uh, they put so much pressure on themselves. They're already not very charismatic and outgoing. And then on top of that, their boss is telling them to walk the floor and go pull people off the floor and mm-hmm. sell them training. And it was just like, oh, it was so daunting. And because I'm a numbers guy and I'm, I would track all the stats on how many people I would need to talk to before I could book X amount of appointments that would turn into X amount of dollars, I would teach this process to somebody. So I would give a simple goal like this. I, I had, I'd have a trainer... And I say, okay, get a, go get a get yourself one of those little journals that you get from CVS for, you know, two dollars or whatever. And you're going to meet five people today. And I don't want you to try and sell them anything. I don't want you. All I want you to do is to to meet them, say hi, introduce yourself, and find out something about them, anything, whether it be the surgery they just recently did, how many children they have, their wife. Uh, thing, their job, whatever it is, your goal is just to talk to them and actually find out one thing about them. No pressure to sale. Don't book them an appointment. None of that stuff. That happens. It happens. But your goal right now is just to meet people. But then I would tell them as soon as you meet that person and you and you learn something about them, their name and something about them, I want you to walk back to the, back over to where my office was, write in the journal, okay, I just met Justin. He has two boys, ages, this and this, and then will go back on the floor. And so you would do that and you would gather that. Mm. And so I would make these trainers get, and the reason why I'd make them write it down was because I knew that they, if they didn't, they would probably forget some of this information. Plus I'm setting them up for later on. Mm-hmm. So once they would do this, they would start to build this list. After a couple of weeks of doing this, they'd have a list of, you know, 30, 50, some of them a hundred, depending on how active you are of people with all these names and something to remind you about them. And then the next time you saw them come in, you'd go over, reference your journal, Justin, two boys. And then your goal would be to go over there, walk up, say hi, and mention one of those, mention that fact that you learned about that person. What that does for you, uh, that person will be blown away that you remembered their name and you actually remembered something about them. Now, some people are gifted and have a natural skill of doing this. Sal would be an example mm. of somebody has this this incredible memory and talent and charisma to do this without it. But what I learned as I was managing all these trainers was Sal is one in a hundred people that I get to, if that actually, probably more like one in a million. There's very few people that have his talent. And so I had a big head now. I had to learn. I take off my headphones. I had to learn (laughs) to to teach this skill set to people that did not have this natural charisma and ability. And I had a lot of success with what I'm telling you right now. So they would go in and they would do that. It is much easier to ask for money from somebody who you've built in a relationship with before. And when you, and I used to love this, this quote I used to keep on my desk. Nobody cares how much you know until they know how much you care. 
So you may have all this found knowledge and fitness and nutrition and all this great stuff to give to them to then turn around and, and get them to buy from you. Mm-hmm. But if you first show them how much you care, asking for that money or being able to provide that service for them becomes very easy for you to do, but you got to put the work in. Mm-hmm. And so making this list and then following up on them the next time they come in, more often than not, that second time you have that conversation with them, it's very easy to book them for a free appointment with you. If you, you still have a challenge, that's okay. Then you mm. you work that lead and you you talk to them a third time and a fourth time. But if you start, if you're actually strategic about it and you actually take the time to write this stuff down you'll solidify it in your brain so you remember better you'll have something to reference because i guarantee you you're going to see faces that fuck i forgot his name i forgot his kid's name you'll forget those things because how many people you talk to inside a gym and if you start to do that mm-hmm. uh it'll make your job yeah, a lot easier quick, quick question because something's dawning on my me right now uh, when um when, when when did you leave 24 when you were managing the big gyms uh, what year? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Let's back up. 2000 and uh, I want to say 11 or 12, somewhere around so there. So you know what's dawning on me? Is that, I, haven't man- I haven't managed a gym, a big box gym in a long time. And the people that were working out with headphones on, you, uh, almost impossible. It was very difficult to approach them. Is yeah. that increased? That had to, yeah, right? I'm sure. I don't think anybody listens to the Nobody music in the loudspeakers. overhead music anymore. Do, is it like that now? It, go- it is, isn't it? I don't know if it's when you go to Golds or a lot of people yeah, just in their shit. Like yeah, but I, I don't know if that's any different than what it was before. I, f- I feel like they they're more obvious because it's very popular. <laughs> it's popular it's more to have DJ. Yeah, yeah, right. It's, but I mean, fuck. Well, the reason why Walkman I'm a- and Discman have been around for a long time, and people have uh, been listening to music while they work out. For- I just you know why, the, why I'm asking is because now it's on your phone. You and- Discman like trying to work out with that piece yeah. of shit. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. I remember if we changed the music in the gym and people don't like it, we'd get. People will be pissed. Oh, yeah. I don't think like people. A riot. Do people no. even care? Yeah, anymore? they do. That still exists. Do? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. That still exists, okay. and there's still people that don't wear headphones. I mean, the there's timey people. I, I don't know. You I, just I, walk up to them and like, it's probably their it's shit. probably uh. increased. Uh, it's probably increased and does make that uh, challenging. I think for sure. Which again, I think would make it even more important for you to do something like this because nobody wants to be interrupted when their headphones well, are in their ear and then also try to be sold something. I so. think I think what you guys both said is on point. I, and I think okay, so it, this reminds me of like when didn't we have to use like wear like a yellow shirt at one point? Okay. So, uh, what? yeah, Adam had us that? wearing. Whoa, like, don't say Adam. That was a company. <laughs> okay, that was a co- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was brought down from you. I don't know. What don't they did, so, let me tell you what they did because okay. I remember before and after. So, the trainers used to have what were called fit hours that everybody had to work. Sal, you remember this, where a, tra- a trainer was allotted a certain amount of time every week where he would wa- work the floor or do fit appointments, free appointments where people would come in and they would test drive a trainer. Well, you would have this four-hour block. What they wanted was if you didn't have a client, if you didn't go and book somebody in with you and you had a free hour, you would put on this yellow jersey yeah. and work the floor and it said, I'm a trainer, need help. Which and they so- made it easier in a sense for like these people that had a hard time um, you know, con- like yeah, yeah. They basically gave, super they gave him a baby shirt. Yeah, yeah super here, cheesy. Only lasted I'll, about a year. Or I, two. I, I'll tell you what, though, if I but, was uh, knowing me, if someone came up to me and asked me for help, oh, I took shirt, advantage. And of I was like, oh, all day. Really? And, and, and that's the thing. Like I, you know, this is coming from me. This has been more of a challenge, uh, you know, than the both of you. But <clears throat> you know, at, at a certain point, I 
am a, I'm very much of an, uh, an observer. And so just being around people that have this sort of uh, rapport with people, I, I would constantly watch the way that people would interact, you know, with other trainers and management and all that. And so I would actually naturally just, I just picked up a lot of those, those things that you guys mentioned. Like I, I figured out that like, okay, I'm just going to talk to them about whatever's on the TV or, you know, whatever, like, and it'll naturally, I'll just remember the conversation I had. And then I would bring up the conversation related to that, that subject. And I would talk to them again about it. But then I evolved and learned to kind of hang out around Mm -hmm. the front desk. And, you know, instead of just sitting there, I looked and saw whoever's name it was. And I would actually take their card, scan them in, like repeat their name back to them. And then before they left and made sure and said their name as they're leaving. Uh, so that way we still maintain that connection, uh, going forward. But you know, it's a lot of those things you just have to like, literally like you have to immerse yourself in it and and go 100%. Even if it's like uncomfortable for you, you need reps and and it it starts with the, you know, the lowest barrier to entry. Mm -hmm. So however you, you can figure that out, uh, to start, you know, to break that ice that you have in front of you, that's where you need Dude, to focus. I'm telling you, the front desk is is, is like gold. I yeah, cannot it believe is. it's easy. Oh, I the, can't believe how many people don't realize that. That was like I people used to fight in my gyms over the front desk, and I'd schedule them. <laughs> like it's so. It's, oh, I lived there, man. I, that's that's where you park. You park yourself at the front desk. You check people, and you say hi. What's up, John? What's up? Hey, yeah. hey what are you working on today? I'm hitting oh, this. Yeah, and then uh, you make friends with all the sales yeah. counselors and everybody. Dude, man. The that front, way they feed you. If you're a trainer that wants to grow your business, like you need to live around the front desk and say hi to everybody that walks in. Ask them what they're working on. Don't try and sell them shit. By the way, what, you know, like what Adam says about the pressure about trying to sell something like your goal, if you do have a goal, which sometimes you don't, sometimes your goal is just to say hi to people and talk to people, which is good. If your goal is anything to get anything, it's to schedule an, an, uh, an assessment or a free session, not to sell training. The odds of selling training off the floor are very, very, uh, very, very low. And only the best uh, people tend to do that. And what I mean by the best is not that you're the best salesperson, but there needs to be, there's a certain type of sensitivity that you have with communication to know whether or not because who you, nobody wants to be bothered while they're working out to buy something. So you got to kind of know what you're doing there. So don't even worry about that. Just book assessments, talk to people. But yeah, that front desk man, park your ass up there. That's, I mean, that's money. Right I know. There. I know some people are not going to like this, but I mean, I'm, I also believe in complete transparency in our show. And so one of the things that I used to do and I was notorious for this would, I would actually hang out at the front desk at certain gyms because you could actually see the parking lot. And other times I would hang out in the parking uh-huh. lot. And if I saw somebody <laughs> pull up in yes. a seven series, you knew BMW, your whales were. Yeah, 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 that's right. If I saw totally. someone pulling up in a hundred thousand dollar whip, the likelihood of them investing Investing in you know a few thousand dollars in personal training is probably more likely than the guy. Now that's not to say that I haven't sold plenty of training to somebody who drove up oh, in some dude. beater, but if you want to increase your odds on money not being a major an objection to which, let's be honest, the number one objection you will hear in sales will always be money. And so you're less likely to hear a, oh, I can't afford three or five hundred dollars worth of personal training when the guy or girl pulls up in a, you know, hundred thousand dollar whip. So I would actually see that person come in and then I'd be at the front desk and I'd scan them in. So I'd see their name, say hi to them then. And then I'd make sure to go out to the floor and say hi to them again on the floor and Mm -hmm. So I used to do stuff like that oh, all the time. Nice to see you, Stuart Smith the <laughs> Third. What are you going to be training today? How was your pull? Is that a lesson? family crest that you have uh, embroidered? <laughs> oh, that's great. 
Next question is from Connie Sue. <clears throat> Do you have any experience with clients with eating disorders? This is all trainer day today, dude. Yeah. yeah. What kind of advice <laughs> do you love have? It. Uh, yeah. I mean, most people I think you'll work with as a trainer, if you're a really good trainer, you understand nutrition really well. Most people have some type of eating. Say, yeah. yeah. Some type of eating dysfunction. I don't want to say disorder because clinical disorder would be like bulimia, anorexia, uh, or some type of OCD, but... Uh, most people have some type of eating dysfunction that you're going to have to work around. Now, I've, I have worked with real eating disorders. Um, the, I've, had, I've worked with a few of them. Um, most of them, all of them but one, actually were working with a therapist in conjunction with me. This is a hard one, by the very way. Very hard. Mm. One of them I trained, I was uh, very, very um, – I was on to her. Like I knew – she had uh, an eating disorder, but you can't just come out and say you oh, have an yeah. eating disorder. Yeah, super delicate. Yeah, and so I would, I would, you know, sprinkle in some conversations, some questions. I talk a lot about myself. People are much more apt to open up to you when they feel when you're open with them. So I would talk about my own issues with food. Uh, you know, I talk about how I always thought I was skinny, and I would force feed myself, and I would you know, set my alarm to wake up in the middle of the night and to take a protein shake or whatever. And how I had, you know, how I, and I told her, I said, you know, I had an eating disorder. I just didn't realize it. I said, but I know how difficult it can be for people to even acknowledge that they have that issue. And it was incredible. It took me this long. So you got to stop right there because that is something that I used to teach that I think is a, a lost art and not a lot of people understand the importance of what you just did right there. It's so, and doctors, good doctors do this really well, right? You come in, you get this you find out you've got something or you something that sounds so bad because you've never heard it. And a really good doctor does a good job of letting you feel like it's very normal and common and don't worry. This is how we handle it. This is how we take care of it. The same thing goes for as a trainer who is getting this new client in that has an eating disorder or is struggling with obesity or has something that's a challenge. The last thing you want them to feel is make them feel like they're all alone in that and that it's very uncommon or, oh, my God. So by you sharing your own, you know, eating disorders or a food poor food relationships makes them at ease. And like, so I would tell trainers that when clients give you information like that, or you uh, assume they have something like that, make them feel like lots, almost everybody struggles with this in one way or another. Almost everybody deals with some sort of a food. That way it helps them be at ease a little bit and more likely to share more information with you and more likely to work towards getting better at it. And I think that's a, such well, a good with point. With this particular client um, that I suspected had either anorexia or bulimia or one of those two, because she was just, just, you can tell as a trainer, you can start to see in the gym who has these extreme issues because there's the obvious physical <clears throat> symptoms. Uh, and there's other symptoms that, you know, you, you can look out for. And we were training and her strength wasn't very good, and we stood up from an exercise, and she got really dizzy. And so we sat down, and I said, um, what have you eaten today? And she told me, you know, oh, I ate this and that. And I, said, I said, okay. I said, I want you to know that you could always be totally, totally honest with me with what you're doing. It will only help me train you better. If you can be honest with me with everything, with what you're eating or what you're not eating, um, then I can be a much more effective personal trainer because I know you have particular goals. And she and then she started kind of opening him up, opening up with her nutrition. And the thing really with with her was I had to slowly, slowly get her to 
divulge the information. Yeah. I did not say you have an eating disorder. I did not say, oh, that's called bulimia and anorexia or whatever. Mm-hmm. It was very little. And then I, I would slowly talked her into, okay, eat, you know, buy yourself these small packets of almonds. Make sure you eat that before you work out. That'll prevent you from getting dizzy. And that's a good thing because then we can train a certain way and you can build more muscle and, you know, you could maintain your leanness better. And little by little, I talked her to that point to where I finally was able to uh, have more frank discussions with her. And she did go and see a therapist, but it was a long process. But most of the people you're going to work with, uh, if you're a really good trainer, you're going to find that everybody has some kind of eating dysfunction. Mm-hmm. You, you'll know right away when you tell your client, you can't eat this anymore. Or you know what? Let's stay away from this food. And all of a sudden, they freak out. And I'm, oh, yeah. yeah. What do you mean I can't? Or how, how long do I have to do that for? Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just... Very few people are going to just come forward and tell you they have a disorder or an issue with food like this. It's... Real similar to talking to a, an alcoholic or someone addicted to drugs. R- rarely ever have you ever met somebody who is ad- addicted to something like that, and they go like, "Yeah, I'm totally addicted to drugs. I have a problem with that. I know that." Like very few people admit it, and that's the first step, right, of getting through this process is getting is admitting it. So I think your goal as a trainer is to make them feel comfortable enough to share that they have a, an issue. You know, you're going to probably know before they share it with you your goal still even when you know is not to call them out that's the worst thing you could do because then they're going to put them in denial and yeah. then you're probably going to be fighting an uphill battle yeah, and they're not even going to know most of the time that, that they're not going to realize that yeah. you know the, like these habits are unhealthy for them it's just like eye-opening and and so there's resistance to that because of the information that they've um, you know align themselves with like since they're a kid right like all this nutrition information if you if you add something that you know contrasts that at all it's like what like it's, like it's, it's a really hard pill to swallow sometimes so i i used to like share stories of other clients as if to that person but i'm really talking to them sure so for example like let's say we're talking to somebody who has anorexia and I know she's battling with this, but she hasn't fully admitted to me. I'm like talking to her like, yeah, I know I get lots of clients that have this. In fact, I had this lady who's struggling with this. And I'm like sharing the patterns and the things that I know that she has that she's deal oh, yeah. that she's dealing with. <laughs> so I'm really talk. I'm really yeah. talking to her about her. But I'm acting as if I'm talking about like mm-hmm. lots of these clients that I've trained before or this particular person that I've just had before. examples that they yes. can at least kind of identify with on some level. And, so and that's that what I'm deflects off of them. Right. Yeah. I'm trying to, you know, like that old, uh, you know, Hey, I have a question for a friend of mine, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I have a friend of mine that's really interested in this. It's like that type of deal, right? They know what wants to admit it's them. So it's kind of like you advising them. Yeah. And that kind of helps ease them into that, uh, you know, starting to share with you and ask more questions uh, mm-hmm. because they feel that their their issue or what they're struggling with, they're not alone in it. Lots of people deal with it. Yeah, and I'll say this: uh, I want to be very clear. If you're if we're talking about a diagnosable clinical eating disorder, uh, and you identify it, your your goal should be obviously you're open with them, you're talking with them, but see if you can get them to talk to a professional that deals yeah, with that. Sure. Because you, as a personal trainer, are not trained in this area and now that i'm thinking about it many of the personal trainers themselves may have some you know eating (laughs) eating dysfunctions and uh they might not be the best people to talk to or to talk with these you know these clients although i believe the person who's asking this question is already a a better trainer just for already wanting to know advice on how to handle it so (laughs) good point quick commercial break hey people ask us all the time how they can support mind pump here's what you can do 
Uh, you can go to www.brain.fm forward slash mind pump and get 20% off Brain FM for meditation or focus. You can also go to audibletrial.com forward slash mind pump and get a 30 day trial plus one free audio book. Lastly, you can go to getnatureblend.com forward slash mind pump and you will get a discount on Ben Greenfield's CBD product. Next up is Garrett Morales. Justin, how does being a mind pump compare to being in a band? Oh, man, that's an awesome <laughs> question. <laughs> it's like so rad. Yeah. Dude, there's so many comparisons. I mean, it's where a, do I begin? Uh, yeah. Is it really? There's like apparel. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's like, at what know, point? At everybody what... has like their own sort of vibe they're bringing in, you know, to the creativity process. Clash uh, of egos. Oh my God. Like, yeah, somebody <laughs> always has a huge one. And then like somebody else kind of comes in like, no man, I wrote that song. Like, <laughs> oh shit, you're right. <laughs> you know, like half the time it, it's, it's really funny. Cause I know like it, it, it resembles a lot of that sort of like team, that group flow kind of dynamic and, and something that we really have in it's, it's funny because it, it, it it's total chemistry thing. Like some people can work out. Some people can't work out. Like sometimes I've, I've tried to, and I've jammed with certain people and it just sounds like dog shit. And like somebody doesn't have the right rhythm, you know, somebody's like contributing like this weird, like scale. And you're like, why would you throw that in there? That's fucking lame, bro. You know? <laughs> and like, you know, the drummer, he's like doing his own little groovy thing. And you're just like, no dude, pick it up. You know? <laughs> and so it's just like, it's just it's this interesting, like kind of blend of, of, of chemistry that uh sometimes you just you just hit you know the group hits and and it's like it's fucking gold and and you know you you make like killer music but like it's so rare and i feel like you know like you know not to be like you know we're so awesome but we are you know this this chemistry thing you know like it's rare to get that so it's a pretty cool thing to think about because i i tried so hard to make that happen with the band you know like we were just like dude you know maybe we just gotta work harder or we just gotta get our big break you know that's a good question did you feel like um you know that whole process of trying to build a big band that was you had to work really hard at it where this felt like there was oh, no working towards it, it was just could you yes. could you distinguish the 100%, difference 100% like that's i mean you nailed it like we were we the, the actual music we were making was interesting and i was like into it at the time like i was like wow this is, sounds cool and it was like really fun and we were having a whole lot of fun but there was no business to it and there was no management to it. And it was all an afterthought. And like, I was the only one that even had a job, you know? And so I'm like buying all the equipment and the trailer and all this shit and trying to book us gigs. And that was just like a one-sided thing. It was like, I just got burnt out. And like, you know, once, once I kind of was like, dude, this is fun and all, but like, I'm burnt. Like I, I got to get back to reality where I'm making money and, you know, like treating, like I got a degree for a reason. You know? <laughs> It's fun, guys, but, you know. What are those uh, guys up to now? Actually, um, I yeah, stay connected to them loosely. Are like, they all? Did they all go off and do big things, or do some of them still chasing the, I want to be in a band one day? Uh, one of them still is, and he was, I mean, he was definitely one of the more talented ones, for sure. He was in bands before us, so we kind of absorbed him. He was our lead singer guy for a while, Andrew. He's he's doing stuff with a country music uh, singer and like this guy's getting popularity. So I hope, you know, it takes off for him. That'd be awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah, but like he totally has shifted genres a bunch of times. So we were like heavy heavy metal stuff, you know, and so he went from from before that with like this this more like like kind of like 
popular rock and then he got into like metal with us and then now it's like you know country so it's interesting he and he writes a lot of stuff on acoustic and it's really good but um yeah i think he still has this you know this this dream i think he's the only one left that's that's really like you know like oh music's my thing you know like it's so tough to to break through like i, I totally respect musicians that that soldier on you know as they get shit that's a on. long time dude dude because it was a long time ago you don't when make you doing- money you know it's, just, it's not it's not for people that want to make money <laughs> you know it just really isn't it's not there it makes me think like you know because chemistry is so important for a band because you're so creative mm-hmm. um and so you need to have strong chemistry but there's a there's a potential downside of having really strong chemistry it reminds me of like relationships like guy and a girl are like super fire passionate Mm -hmm. and that passion can go in either direction it still burns out though yeah Yeah. or it burns out or or it splits yeah so it's like you got to be careful you have tons of chemistry Mm -hmm. you know there's times when you need to be settled and you know kind of keep things cool because it can't always be off i don't know i'm just i'm thinking it wasn't balanced yeah which i feel like this is more balanced you know the, the the efforts are way more balanced whereas it was like just, I mean, we had like times where I was like, wow, you know, we're just like in the zone, but, um, that was hard to recreate all the time. It still took work to recreate that. Whereas like, this is just so much more natural speed. You now, know? because you've experienced that, do you feel like we've already kind of passed the, the time as, you know, is it going to be like, for example, we've been together now for, even though we've only been on air for about two and a half years, we've really been together about three or so, right? That we were all kind of talking and working mm-hmm. together. <clears throat> Do you feel like we've now been together doing the same thing for long enough that, okay, we've kind of lasted the the time that, okay, we're going to work together versus like maybe mm-hmm. a band you think at first, like, oh man, right away you guys jam well, it's but then, great you, question. then you find yeah. out six months later, like this motherfucker starting to get on my nerves. Yeah. Like, does that, is yeah, that, yeah, there's sort of a proving grounds to that, right? Right. Like, like, yeah, like you only go so long with, with a certain group of guys where you just realize like, uh, I don't know, man, I don't know if this has any weight to it. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, that's interesting to think about. Cause it's like, uh, when, when when we were in it, like like everybody just like oh my god, we just need to get in front of people. Like you're just so like you know optimistic, and uh, you know you think everything's just gonna happen. And um, that's like our sal. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but, which which I love Super. it because I I feed off of that, right? Uh, but I feel like like with this, it's it's more like mm, the comp- the comparison. Like you've you've sort of mastered your instrument, right? right. And so have you, Sal, and so have I, right? And so we've gotten to a point where we've tried shitty bands. We've gotten through the the, the circuits, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we, we know all like the, um, you know, the ins and outs of, of all the directions we could go, all that kind of stuff. We got a lot of wisdom, right? We've, yeah. been, we've been on the road and, uh, <laughs> you know, nobody knows who we are, but uh, then all of a sudden, you know, you just hang out and we've all had like a similar story and it's like, then it's the fucking Beatles. Well, it'll be. I had to go there. Yeah, greatest band of all time. Go there. Well, it'll be, it'll be interesting because I know that uh, we have Brianna right now who is uh, scheduling uh, our roadie and we plan on doing a nice little 
you know, hit start from Northern California, work our way all the way down Southern California trip. I think that'll probably be the closest. Oh theme, my God. Right. Can we sell some merch on the way oh, too? Absolutely. Like, that'll make me so happy. I'll oh, probably yeah. want to strangle Sal though that uh, much time. I might bring between like between the bro- broccoli and fucking fish inside the, the oh, RV and dear God, you know, his, his fucking, his all, his all natural deodorant. and earplugs Yeah, all me. natural deodorant and stuff. I think yeah. by about day three or so in the RV, I might be uh, tired <laughs> I'll of this I'll be guy. strangling you guys. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get Rid of Beyonce. I can't wait. That's right. Justin Timberlake will hold it down. Don't worry. Check it out. 30 Days of Coaching. It's available for free at mindpumpmedia.com. Also, make sure you get on there. We have that flash sale going on. You'll get you're gonna get it only through email, so we're not gonna display it anywhere else. Uh, also go to YouTube, Mind Pump TV. We post a new video every single day. And finally, if you want to ask us a question that we answer on an episode like this one, the place to ask it on is Instagram. The page to ask it on is Mind Pump Media. We also have our own personal pages. Mine is Mind Pump Sal. Justin is Mind Pump Justin. And Adam is Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee, and you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support, and until next time, this is Mind Pump. <laughs>